Hey, Business Building Warrior, got a treat for you today. It's two of our coaching leaders from our team who've been with our community for coming up on a decade now. They've been using e-commerce as a way to supplement and then support their family. It's Larry and Sue Pruitt. They've been the leaders of a coaching team for quite some time now, for a few years. They've got about a dozen coaches on our team that work underneath their guidance. And they've got some incredible golden nuggets for you today about how to grow your business. Plenty of real life, good, challenging lessons. And we dive into some questions kind of spontaneously that I think are going to be of great interest to you as a listener to this show. We talk about a course that Larry is finishing up for us on keeping your Amazon account healthy. Like what should you be doing to prevent those little disasters that could happen if you're not paying attention? He talks about how to do that and some new content we've created along those lines. We talk about the Proven Conference that's coming up in Tampa, July 12th through 14th, 2021. If you're listening to this before then, you can go to theprovenconference.com and hear about that event. And we'd love to have you there. But it's just really good hanging out with two great leaders from our community. Just more validation that the stuff we teach on this podcast and in our community and our free Facebook group, this stuff works. Real people, real families, doing life, paying the bills, growing businesses, and just having a lot of fun doing the work that is so much better from our vantage point than having to separate as a family and go all different directions and go to jobs. Hey, God bless you if that's the way your family works, you're doing what you got to do. But there is another way to either supplement your income or do life completely differently like Larry and Sue do. Doing life together, growing a business together, working under the same roof. They've got a warehouse now. Their business has really taken off. And uh, I'm just excited to spend a little bit of time with them. We need to do this kind of thing more often. Some of the great leaders from our community, just hang out and have a conversation with them and hit the record button. It's always phenomenal. So hopefully you enjoy this. We'll get updated with them. And oh, by the way, there were two other episodes where Larry and Sue appeared in the past when they were on their journey. We'll stick a link to those in the show notes as well. So if you want to go back and hear what they were doing a few years ago and a few years before that, you can check it out and kind of follow their journey. I think it makes a great uh, trilogy at this point. We haven't had a whole lot of guests appear three times. So that's a really cool thing for you. Jump back in time, maybe check those episodes out too. All right, let's jump over and get Larry and Sue Pruitt on the line right now. Hey, so Larry and Sue, welcome to the program. Great to have you guys back. Thanks, Jim. (laughs) It's an honor to be on here. Uh, We're excited to be able to be back with you again. Yeah, one of the few three-time guests we were just talking about, huh? So the third time, that's great. So what's happened since you were on the show last, Larry? We'll stick a link to the other old episodes so people kind of get caught up with you guys. But but fill us in, what's happened since then? Yeah, I'd say probably the biggest thing that's happened in our business is that we're sitting in our warehouse right now. (laughs) We're really excited about that. And uh, I think I remember last time we were recording in like our spare bedroom Actually, it became our spare bedroom. We actually kicked one of our kids out of the room <laughs> and they had to combine it to a room. But we were sitting in that room because that's kind of where we were running the business from. And it was just spilling out all over the place. And, all and, over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And, uh, wow. and it just worked out very well for us to be able to find a, uh, a place here in the town where we live. It's a super small town, uh, just a couple miles from our house. Uh, but we're we've got this little office right here. We've got our we've got three employees out in the room next to us where they're doing a shipment for us right now, and uh, that has been a huge blessing to have. And I know a lot of people are newer and they're listening to this, and they're like, "I wish someday I could get there." You know, we spent a lot of time 
of doing it in our house and spilling it over through the living room and such. And that can certainly be done for a good long time. But uh, this is a nice stage to be at now. <laughs> very nice. I'm very grateful to have the house back. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So how much space did you guys get? So it's 1,200 square feet. We moved in last uh, September, October, which was not ideal timing to do that right at the beginning of Q4, but it was, you know, they were a little bit slow on getting things ready for us. But we don't do anything the easy way. (laughs) Oh, right. Sure. (laughs) That's great. So the team you have, do they do the shopping, all the shopping for you guys? Are they kind of running the business at this point or how much are you guys doing? So yeah, we are we are rapidly outsourcing everything. <laughs> so we've got two shoppers and they've been shopping for us for about what a year and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I still go out some myself just because I like it and I can do certain things that, that they still aren't able to do. But literally about a week ago, I sat down with my two shoppers and I trained them on actually finding products themselves. So instead instead of just shopping, they're gonna be sourcing now. And <laughs> In about, I think it was maybe four or five days, they found like 80 items, 80 potential replens. And I'm like, why did I not do this earlier? <laughs> Isn't that what we always do? We think we're the best and the smartest, right? Every time. We say every single time, why did we not outsource this earlier? Because it becomes such a boom for our business. I just love it. And it, it just makes sense because I've got, you know, this over here and that over there. And I'm dealing with, you know, we got another... We got another violation on our account yesterday and we haven't had many of them, but it's like, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit at it, but it's, it's something I have to deal with, obviously, because it's, you have to take it seriously. Uh, so it's a little bit of a pain to deal with, but you know, for our shoppers, that's all they're doing. They can just focus in on that. The preppers out there, that's all they're doing. They do a thousand times better than what I've ever done at these jobs. That's one of the big things that I do kind of have some regrets on it. I mean, you know, don't look back, look forward, but I wish I would have outsourced a lot earlier on. <laughs> and I'm starting to really enjoy this, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that's so good to hear. I mean, because it's not that far. We don't have to retell the story that's already been told in the past episodes, but it's not that long ago where you had a job and you were kind of considering, hey, should I quit or not? Go full-time into this? I don't know. And and I said, hey, listen to your wife, man. What does she think? We, that's a, that was a great episode, right? You made the leap. Your business started growing. Uh, you guys have become, you became coaches for us. And then you became director of a coaching team. Talk to us a little bit about that. What's that like coaching others through this process? And like, how many students are you guys dealing with? You know, paint a picture a little bit of, of your reality now that you've been in this a couple of years. We actually started leading a team in the fall of 2019. So we're almost up to two years doing that. I don't know the exact number, but we personally have coached hundreds of students at this point. And we currently have a team of about 12 or 13 coaches under us that also help coach students. There's a lot of fun involved in managing a team. I have really enjoyed it because, I mean, obviously we're coaches, so we love to train. So we've done some training for the coaches even on how to coach, so we love doing that. I love getting to interact with the students that come through, and then I pair them up with a coach that will fit them best. And then, you know, finding coaches. One of the most rewarding things, we were just talking to somebody last night who is, we're probably going to be bringing on as a coach soon. Uh, The coach that he has had is somebody who had been a student of ours and then became a coach and has been a member of our team now for about a year. 
And now he's coached some people. And now this one. So we were saying this is going to be like our coaching grandbaby. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love, I've never had that thought before, but you're so right. You know, and what pops into my head is we've probably all heard that saying leaders produce leaders. Well, leaders produce leaders that produce leaders. You know, I mean, it's a, it propagates because I can take almost zero credit, virtually no credit for some of these people that you guys have found and risen. Like I've never talked to these people, literally never spoken with them. And they're coming through as a student and they succeed and then they're a coach and they succeed and then they're recruiting new coaches out of their student base. And, and uh, I'm just kind of the guy staying out of the way in awe that I get to be a part of all of this. So that's my perspective on this is how rewarding it is to have been a part of possibly your leadership journey. But after that, my journey kind of stopped and you guys are out doing the leadership thing and speaking into these people's lives and having meetings that I'm not even invited to, which I love. And, a, you know, a retreat. And I'm like, hey, can I come guys? It's like, oh, I guess we got to let Jim come. You know, I love the idea though of it's just these communities kind of emerging on their own out of this idea of, and I'd like to hear you guys summarize, you know, what does this community stand for? We've never really written it down. We don't have a creed carved in stone somewhere, but what is it that you guys think makes this community kind of have a life of its own almost that's, that's bigger than any of us? What are those, some of those core, and I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't prepare for this at all, but hey, that's part of the leadership journey is <laughs> being put on the spot a little bit. I'm just curious what comes to mind when I say that. Because we, this is a pretty incredible community. I look around, I don't see anything else like this out there. Leaders producing leaders that produce leaders. So what is it? What are we into here? And be, speak freely. Well, I think one of the things I want to come back to, you know, you talked about, I think you said that now you're out of it. You're really not. You know, your influence and your character, your integrity has filtered down through the community. And that's the reason that people are drawn to this community. And you bring people to you who have similar values. And so that's going to come through. And I think that that is huge. But as far as what the community is all about, to me, the thing that stands out about it is the positivity and the encouragement and the free sharing of knowledge. Uh, you know, we, the Facebook group, the, the big, huge free Facebook group that literally people have come in and only joined the Facebook group, read all the help that they can get there. Other people in the community, the coaches, the moderators, they come in, they answer questions, and they've built a successful Amazon business just based on that. And I can't tell you how many people I have referred to that group who have said to me, I've been in other Amazon seller groups and there's nothing else. None of them are like this. They're like, some of them have been hesitant to join. I don't know if I really want to get in there. I'm like, no, you're going to love it. Really serious. It's, it's a good place to be. So that's one of the aspects of it. I, you've got your thoughts about it. Well, yeah, just, just something kind of similar to that. Because somebody asked me the other day, like, you know, are there some sort of requirements to become a part of this group or this community? <laughs> like, because they still saw some similar characteristics of especially the leaders. And I was like, no, there's, there's nothing written. It's just that the people that kind of embrace the, the characteristics of, I, to some extent, is you, Jim, but just of the community, they kind of have a tendency to rise to the top. So it's not like we're like somehow squashing people who, you know, you don't agree with me on some, you know, religious topic or whatever. It's like, no, it's just that you're a quality person. You've got a heart to serve, a heart to teach. You know, when, when we're talking to prospective coaches, 
we do ask them how how much they're selling. All right. So we don't want somebody who's like, I just opened up my account last week, you know, or anything like that. So they have to show a track record of being successful and, and having a good business sense and everything. But a much larger quality that we want to see is a heart to teach. And so, um, you know, if I'm talking to somebody and they say like, oh, yeah, so, so-and-so posted something in the Facebook group and I jumped on a Zoom call with them and they just kind of gave me a 30-minute summary of this. I'm like, that's a coach. That is somebody that we want on our team. <laughs> and you just nailed the litmus test, by the way, that, <laughs> that I've always had in my head, you know, of it, it used to be I was the only guy that hired coaches. And I only had two questions. And I don't know that we've ever actually, you've probably heard me say this at some point, but it, it, we've drilled it in pretty well. It, you know, I, I want to take a stab at answering my own question with this, but the two things that we're looking for, like you just said, one, they've got a successful business of their own. We don't take anyone who's not there. And that distinguishes us from 95% of the other business coaching programs out there because they hire script readers is what I call them. It's like, here's your workbook. We're going to go through it together. Open to page one, fill in the blanks. You could pay someone 15 bucks an hour to do that, right? <laughs> it's like sit on a Zoom call and fill in the blanks. We don't do that. You're dealing with a successful business owner who has, like you said, Larry, a teacher's heart. But I got that philosophy from someone that I know all three of us deeply respect. That's a Daniel Lappin thing where he made the observation on one of his podcasts several years ago that he said, if all I know about someone is they're running a successful, profitable business, serving customers well, and they've been doing it for a significant period of time. That's all I know about them. I don't know if they went to college or not. I don't know their skin color, what language they speak, if they're married or unmarried, how old they are. I don't know anything about them except they've been running a profitable business with happy customers for a significant period of time. That is one of the safest bets you can ever make is to bring that person into a relationship with you because they know how to serve. <laughs> they know how the world works. They know enough about business and, and uh, they, can, they can be of a great asset to you in your circle of relationships and, and people that you work with. So I think like, that sounds like a hiring philosophy to me for our coaches plus a teacher's heart. And like you said, Larry, someone that's willing to jump on and do a free, you know, because there's no end to, if you were to go into our Facebook group and say, hey, anybody who wants an hour session for free, hey, sign up, let's go. Oh, you're going to get swamped. And the first lesson you're going to learn is, well, I better start charging for my time so I know who's serious. And we have a process for that. We call it our coaching program, (laughs) right? So you find all kinds of people give you free advice, but if it's good, they're going to be so stacked, you can't get their time. So we charge some money and we call it a coaching program. Uh, and you guys are great leaders in that on, on just an incredible team. So kudos to you guys. And, and thank you for saying the, uh, the kind things you did about me. But one of the other challenges that I have as a leader, and I think you guys have the same challenge on you, any leader does, is what does this thing look like six months after I'm gone if I was to suddenly be taken out of the picture? That's the test of a leader, right? So I've, been, I've had that in the back of my head for 15 years. Like I want to build something so that if suddenly, for whatever reason... I'm disabled, removed, you know, life is unpredictable and uncertain. I want something that, you know, it's more like a city than a personality driven, you know, can't wait to see what that person says next. That person's show is so awesome. And it's all about the person because once the person's gone, it all falls apart. I want like a city, like a culture, like a, you know, a movement. And I think that's what we all feel a part of. There's plenty of room for anyone to step up and lead. And hopefully there's some people listening to this that are thinking, hey, I'd like to be part of that. We'd love to hear from you. That's, that's what we do. So Great job answering my question. And hopefully everyone, <laughs> thanks for bearing with me as I answered my own question <laughs> on the spot. We, I put all three of us on the spot. I wasn't planning on doing that. 
But what else we got in the pipeline? There's a couple things. We've got an event coming up. I want to hear what you guys are going to be talking about there. And I know you've been working on an exciting project too, Larry, for a while now that we're going to be about, about Amazon account health and making sure your account stays healthy and some tips and strategies. So take the ball and run with it, either one of those guys. Well, you know, both of these really kind of stem from the coaching that we've done. And so we, you know, seeing literally hundreds of students and helping them with their account. And, you know, along the way, there's been account violations, just like what I said, that we've gotten um, different things like that have come up. And so, so account health is a huge part of what we do and just helping people to keep their account clean and such. And, and I think that there's a lot of emphasis out there on reacting so, okay, this happened to me. How do I handle it? And that's super important. But what's more important is staying out of trouble in the first place. All right. So how can I avoid this problem? And so uh, we do have an upcoming account health training class that we're going to be offering. And we've got one of the experts in the field who is going to be a huge part of it. And so we're really looking forward to that. And um, uh, not sure exactly on the timing here, but but it's going to be very soon. And and so, um, again, the, the major emphasis is going to be on keeping your account clean. What do I even need to look for? And then if something happens, how do I communicate with Amazon? <laughs> because it's, it's a huge challenge for all of us, obviously. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and for the new listener, I don't want to dissuade. This is one of those topics where anytime it comes up, I'm cautious because you don't have to look far to find people who are just on full blast negative about Amazon because of some of these issues. But having done this for, well, I've been in e-commerce for 20 years now. It's the only source of income for my family. Amazon thing for a little over what? I have to look back 10, 11 years, something like that. So the proven Amazon course is about that old. I can still count on one hand the number of people who have come through our community, taken our course. We're talking thousands of students. I can count on one hand the number of people who came to us and said, my account got suspended. Here's what I did. And it I tried to get it back and I couldn't, and it just doesn't make sense, right? I can count on one hand. Like I can think of three of those instances, maybe four, depending on how. Then in all the other instances, 95 plus percent of the time, they got their account back. Now it was inconvenient and it was heart-wrenching and it was a struggle and like, what's going on? And it was a tough two months maybe, or tough two weeks or even three days, or just being nervous that this is going to happen, you know, you don't, you don't like that nervousness waking up. Do I still have my account? Uh, that's kind of part of it. We play on the big boy platforms and they hold a lot of the rules in their hand and they can do things. And, but I want to put people at ease that having seen thousands of these, and if we had our resident expert on here today too, he'd tell us the same thing. 95 plus percent of the time, it's a very temporary thing if you get suspended. And most of the time it doesn't get to that point. So you kind of learn to relax when you get these little warnings and things like, that's ah, going to be okay. I'm going to have to do a little paperwork. I'm going to have to respond. I just have to say something here because I love the way you're talking about this because you're just assuming that anybody in this community is going to be a good actor with their account. <laughs> I love that because in this community... Yeah probably true. There are people who get suspended who are bad actors. Yeah. I'm glad you made that point. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I yeah. had a meeting. This is a chance to brag on this community a little bit. I had a meeting with, and he asked me not to use his name. This is back when Amazon invited us out to their headquarters. And, and I was sitting at a desk with you know, VPs and other you know, people in, in the department that work with Amazon sellers. And like, why'd you invite me out here? What's going on? And they said, well, uh, we did a survey to all Amazon sellers around the world and you guys' name kept coming up. You know, proven Amazon course is well-respected and we want to know what you're doing different. And one of the things 
that uh, they brought up was you guys just have so many great positive, like the Facebook group is just a positive. You get on Amazon's, one of the questions they had for me is like, in our forums, it's chaos. It's negativity everywhere. It's people yeah. angry and grumpy and mad. And he's like, and you're, we, we look at your community as people positive and happy and doing well and just have a different perspective. But one of the things I learned from that meeting to go to your point, Sue, is there are a lot of bad actors because one of the guys I met was the guy who was in charge of the team that suspends accounts. And he was literally emotional at the thought of shutting down good people's accounts because he said, Jim, the thing you have to understand is we're shutting down tens of thousands of bad actors every day. And most of them are from outside the country posing through some kind of, you know, backdoor IP something. They're making themselves look like an American-based company and making themselves look like a good guy. And they put up 25 TVs for sale, merchant fulfill for $3,000 and they sell them all and they don't ship any, you know? And like, okay, we got to shut that guy down. We got to make sure the funds don't actually get processed and go through. We got to refund and apologize to those customers. And like, we got to catch those guys quick. And sometimes when we're throwing out all that bathwater... We throw out a few babies on accident and we hate it. We'd like to think that given enough time, we correct every one of those situations. So yeah, Sue, there's a lot of bad actors out there. But in our community, if you're following the systems that we teach, and I actually shared with them some of the things that we do that I think we were on the cutting edge of making sure people stayed compliant. Yeah. Things like you know not paying a whole bunch of money to go get ungated with a form letter in, a, in categories that you shouldn't be ungated in yet. You know, We're not going to fool the systems. Like You need to earn your way up to that level. You know, so well, just, just a couple of years ago, there was a uh, a toy distributor, and it was somebody's got a big reputation and everything. But they were saying, you know, hey, for I think it was two hundred bucks, you know, then uh, we will just create an invoice for you on any brand that you want, and that'll help you to get ungated on Amazon. And I was just like, no, no. <laughs> and and you know, it was very shortly after that that Amazon came out with the requirement that you had to take pictures of the product in your possession. And I'm like, right. thanks. <laughs> yeah, because of them. Thanks for making it more complicated. Yes. Yeah. And and they they will go after and they'll sue these companies that, you know, manipulate the system and that sort of thing. You know, you just play within the rules. Yeah. So that's what we do. Yeah. So I assume people are following the programs and the way that we teach it. And it kind of stands out like a sore thumb in our Facebook group when, some, when someone comes in and like, hey, I've been drop shipping stuff and uh, I just got suspended because I've got 1,500 items I'm drop shipping and one of them run out of supply and I got 18 customers mad at me. What do I do? We're like, well, here's what you do. You build a time machine and you don't ever play with drop shipping <laughs> because that's actually not allowed. You know, you can't do that. You can't sell stuff that's not in your position that's going to run out. You know, not to get off onto that topic, but yeah, we really do. We keep people super clean. So yeah, so I do just kind of assume people are doing it the right way, but there are a lot of bad actors, a lot of bad advice. That's why, you know, YouTube is just a minefield of great information and really bad advice. You got to be so careful. And I love how we help people filter through that. Yeah, but that's going to be exciting, Larry. So give me some examples of, you know, not to dive into the content, but if I'm going to keep my account healthy, you had an elevator pitch for me. Like, what do I got to be paying attention to now that you guys have created that content and it's coming? Well, you know, Amazon does have the account health dashboard now, and that's relatively new still. Uh, that's something that needs to be checked on a regular basis, as in like a couple times a day, probably. And anything that is out there, you just need to jump on it. I, I just talked to too many people that will say, you know, I got this IP complaint, you know, like three months ago, and, and now I got, you know, another one today. So now I'm starting to get nervous. I'm like, yeah, I am too. <laughs> because you, you can't ignore stuff like that. So, uh, so just, it seems to me that if you are aggressively responding and pursuing, you know, like 
just proving to Amazon that what you're doing is legitimate, then you're, you're only going to be okay. I, I can't guarantee that, of course, uh, because there are certain triggers that will happen and they'll, you know, Amazon will get worried and, and suspend you. And then, like you said, then you've got some time now to defend yourself and, and get your account back. But, but just to stay on top of things and, and make that a regular part of the routine uh, every day, check your feedback every single day. I got a, a negative feedback yesterday where the comment showed me that the person was responding to a different order. I mean, you know, like I was selling a cake mix and they were saying something about their seeds didn't germinate. I'm like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> this can't count against me. So I was able to get it removed in, in like five seconds, you know, just by automatically requesting removal. So we just stay on top of it. It's, it is serious. I, I kind of want to cycle back to what you were saying earlier, though, also, whenever you were talking about uh, also don't freak out, you know, yeah. We've had too many students who have said, okay, um, so they started requesting documentation on toys. So, uh, so I'm never going to sell a toy again. And I, right. I the grocery is going to be next. So I'm going to stop selling grocery. I'm <laughs> just like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, first of all, I'm selling a lot of toys right now. All right. And yes, I had some listings come down and it was a big pain. And, you know, I kind of hate that we had to go through that. But again, you know, something triggered that on Amazon's part. You got to kind of, it's hard to understand exactly why they do what they do, but you have to realize something happened and they're responding to that. They're trying to protect themselves. So, so try to get them what they need. If not, there's other platforms to sell it on, uh, but most certainly don't try to anticipate what they're going to do and stop selling in other categories. <laughs> You're yeah. just your business down. One of the things I'm kind of processing, I'm piecing together a lesson I heard from a different source and we'd dive off in the weeds if I got, if I told you the source, but I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of steal a phrase real quick and twist it to the purpose of what we're talking about right here. Where there is opposition, there's opportunity. And what, what that means is for this, if the barrier to entry goes up a little bit, that's a good thing. If it's a little harder to sell toys, guess what? the lazy people aren't going to be selling toys anymore. So guess where you should be looking, right? <laughs> so those barriers to entry are actually a good thing because this is one of the lowest barrier to entry business models ever. And there's a lot of people paying attention. So I almost celebrate when Amazon raises their fees or a certain category gets harder to get into. You know, it's some of the categories we're in, they've made it a lot harder to get into now as a new seller. And I celebrate that. Like, all right, well, they, they kind of built a gate around me. So the longer you're in, the more advantages you get, right? So don't see these as, don't see it as opposition only. There's a lesson in the loss. There's a lesson in the challenge. There's an opportunity in that opposition, be it from Amazon or from anywhere else. Uh, there's a reason I'm sure in Latin why both those words start with OPP. You know, they come, they kind of come as a pair, opposition and opportunity. You know, challenge is an opportunity. They always come in pairs. So that's what I'm hearing you say, Larry, is... Don't throw out like, I'm never selling toys again. Like, no, which toys, which brands, where's the low-hanging fruit? What's the new opportunity here to, to kind of crawl, climb over? So what was your specifically, um, what was your take on toys in the end? Like what toys are working for you? And it, what is the process now? Let's just jump in that direction because I don't do a lot of toys. It, it, it is very hit and miss. And I'll just tell you, like for one of the manufacturers that I work directly with, it's this really small company. Even if I said the name of the company, you would have never heard of it. So I really like working with those type of companies. So I'm talking directly to the owner. And she got on the phone with Amazon. This was kind of funny because she got on the phone with Amazon, spent like an hour with them just trying to figure out what do they even want, you know, with these safety documentations. And so she got done with that phone call with them. And then she said, then I waited for them 
for them to get back with me. <laughs> I was like, let me explain it. Amazon, <laughs> to you. <laughs> don't wait, you know. Yeah, they're so, not calling you back. <laughs> so we, you know, I gave her as much information as I could. She ended up spending about four thousand dollars to get these documentations that I needed, and, and a couple of other sellers. I'm not not exclusive, but she spent a lot of money to get this documentation for me so I could get my own bundle listings back up. And so that was a learning process for me. And so now with that brand, I'm, I'm good to go. So I can dive as deep as I want into that brand. Now, as far as the big brands, I, it seems very hit and miss. You could have two action figures that are Mattel or whatever, and one of them, the listing is active. And I would say it's probably safe to jump on. Again, I can't guarantee you that tomorrow they're not going to request some more documentation or something, but uh, but then you'll scan the next one and it's there's no listing for it. Mm-hmm. So that no documentation was was available. So my philosophy right at the moment is if there's a listing for it that it's safe to jump on, I just don't go terribly deep on it. Yeah. And, and you don't create listings with toys, I take it. Well, I do, but I only do that whenever it's from, I'm getting it directly from the manufacturer. I'm not doing any arbitrage. Right. Listing. You've got a relationship with the manufacturer in yes. those instances. Yeah. That's really good. And it sounds to me too, kind of hidden on the edge of this whole conversation is an opportunity to help those smaller manufacturers navigate the craziness of Amazon. There's got to be a lot of manufacturers out there. I mean, you can go to any trade show and go booth to booth and like, so how do you feel about Amazon? Just, just shoot straight with me. Oh, we hate Amazon, but we got to get, you got to figure them out because that's where everybody's shopping. Half the transactions online are Amazon. We're trying to figure out like, if I could help you with that, would you let me sell your stuff? Maybe as an exclusive, let me just, just let me help you out because I deal with Amazon all the time as a seller. 90% of the time, they're going to say, really, you could help with that because it's a nightmare for us. <laughs> yeah, we can help. So, you know, that's the PPP model, proven product partnering, that module of the proven Amazon course that we don't have a whole lot of people that jump off in that direction, but the ones that do are doing really well. Well, that's great. So we've got the upcoming account health, pay attention to your account metrics, check it at least every day, if not a couple times a day and stay on top of it. And by the way, I mentioned earlier that I knew of a handful, less than five people who'd been permanently suspended. One of those, really good person in our community, they let their IP complaints just stack up and thought, ah, you know, until I get like a letter with, you know, red ink on it, I'm not going to do anything about this. And they ended up with a whole bunch of them and never did anything with them. They got suspended and they weren't able to get their account back because they just ignored and let them stack up, right? So painful, really good person who permanently lost their account. And they only gave it a couple months and they went on and did something else. I, I'm convinced had they continued to try, they probably got their account back had they wanted to, but it wasn't a priority. But what else is coming up? We've got the Tampa event, theprovenconference.com. And you guys are going to be there. A lot of your coaches and coaching students are going to be there. But I want to talk about what you guys are going to present on. It's a pretty interesting, unique topic. I don't think it's one we've ever hit before. It's an unusual one too. So fill us in a little bit what you guys are talking about. So this kind of comes also just from all the coaching students we've worked with. And along the way, we've just seen some patterns on people who are very successful and people who struggle. All right. So... We're, we're entitling this now A Tale of Two Sellers. And we're just going to go down through some things that, that maybe one person does that they really struggle. They're kind of, uh, they're fighting against themselves. And then what the other person seems to get sooner and then really find success faster. I think that's one of the things that a lot of new sellers probably struggle through. And some of them do struggle through it and some of them stay in it. But the whole aspect of 
believing and understanding, yes, I can make this successful. I mean, literally anyone who's willing to do the right work can be successful in this. That's, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. I remember I've talked about this before, but when we first got started and I was standing in the store scanning and, you know, had, I don't know, maybe five items in my cart after an hour or two. And I remember I just kind of threw my hands up and just thought, somebody's not telling me something because there's some secret somewhere that nobody's willing to share with me because I'm not finding stuff. And it just took a little while for me to work through that. But I think that's one of the keys that a lot of new sellers have that thought and they have that worry that I'm really missing something important. That's why I'm not finding things. But the successful ones push through that and discover that the secret is you just got to get really good at eliminating products that won't work. And once you do that, you're going to find products that will work faster. (laughs) I like it. You just breezed right past something that I don't know that I've heard you say that. And I I always... I always latch on to these new ways to describe what it is we teach. I love what you just said. Would you re say that? It's finding out to quickly eliminate the products that won't work. Yes. That's how you get faster at finding good products is you get faster at eliminating the ones that don't work. Because still to this day, I tell our students all the time, to this day, when Larry goes into the store, I would say fully 90% or more of the items that he looks at, it's a no. Yeah. It's like, nope, that's not going to work. But he's fast at that. And so he can still fill a cart in a couple of hours because he finds all the yeses. But he fights through all the no's. (laughs) So I'll just say, get to know as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Get to know as fast as possible. And then if you keep saying, well, it's not no yet. It's not no yet. Now now you can really start digging in. So just to give it a practical example of this, I would frequently when we do coaching, I'll share my screen and I'll do some live online arbitrage with a student just to kind of, and I think out loud. All right. So it's, it's a little bit painful for me because <laughs> I just want to click, click, click. Yeah. But, uh, but I want to just, I want to get them inside my head a little bit. Here's what I'm thinking. So I'll find a product. Let's just say it's, um, it's a coffee, a package of coffee. All right. And it's a certain size and you know, there's 12 different flavors of that. And then you find out this is $4 at Walmart. All right. So then you look up a listing on Amazon and it's going for $12 on Amazon and you do your comparison. Is that profitable enough or not? And so you may think, no, that's not profitable enough for whatever reason in this case. And so now, you know, I, you know, I know the price point of this and I know that $12 selling point is not enough on Amazon. So now you can very quickly look on Amazon for the other flavors and you're looking for something higher than $12. All right. So this one's a no, it's a no, it's a no. Oh, this one's going for $14.95. Let me look at, let me dig into this one faster. And maybe one flavor out of 10 is going to be good. Maybe you'll find two or three flavors that will work. But that's one of the ways that instead of, yes, be thorough and you could stand there and scan every single one of those, but you could probably save yourself a lot of time just by going through that technique and get to the no as fast as possible. That way you can capitalize on more yeses. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's one of the basic business lessons too that I that I think it's one of the things I had to unlearn because I've got that, you know, 100 things I had to unlearn to succeed in business from my traditional education. There's easily 100 of them. That's actually a book that needs to be written at some point. But one of them is the word fail is a bad word mm-hmm. in traditional education. Like, oh, sorry, you failed this course. Oh, you're a failure. Oh, you're going to never amount to anything. You're a failure. I know failure is a beautiful thing in e-commerce. 
Because if you can fail quickly and test small as you're doing it, you're going to find so many more winners. And the word no is the same way. You got to learn to love the word no. I can't remember who said it. I put it in one of my books at one point, but maybe the, the name will pop in my head. But the difference between successful people and wildly successful people is that wildly successful people say no constantly. I love that. You know, that's not maybe the exact quote, but you've got to learn to love the word no. You got to say no constantly. You got to embrace it. You got to look for it. You got to look for opportunities to say no to whole groups of ideas. That gets into like the, the idea, Larry and Sue, of uh, the difference between a good idea and a right idea. You got to say no to good ideas. They're a distraction. Right. So you can say yes to the right ideas. It's just, it's a mindset shift you got to have because if you go, like you guys, I love how you're saying, like if you just go and look at 50 products, you may walk away and just be frustrated. Mm-hmm. You got to find a way to look at 200 products quickly. We can teach you that. And there's three or four winners in there every time if you do that, right? I love that. That's great. I love that you guys do that in your coaching sessions. I, you know, I'd like to get a recording of one of your coaching sessions sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd make great content, but we're going to get some requests for that. That's a whole nother opportunity for content because we get all these unique coaches with unique strategies and recording them. That would be phenomenal. Well, yeah. that's awesome. So you guys are going to be doing that at the conference. Anything else that you guys wanted to share uh, about the conference or about updates since we last spoke? You know, life has changed a lot for you guys. Yes, it has. <laughs> yeah. So we've had, so during all this time, I mean, when we started our Amazon business, our entrepreneurial journey, our youngest child was, what was he, six years old? Mm-hmm. He's 15 now. So that feels a little weird. We're getting close to, you know, so life is just changing. We've had two kids move out of the house. We've got two that are still in school. We've got one that's home. She's running our shipping department and she's pursuing some other things. And so we have more employees now who have a different last name than us than have our last name. Yeah. So <laughs> that's something. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And we absolutely just we just enjoy this so much. We pinch ourselves all the time that we get to do this. And there's definitely challenges, you know, but and sometimes when you're on the entrepreneur journey, it's it's a little bit difficult to talk to people who are employed when you're having any kind of a difficulty because they say, well, that's just because, you know, you're out there on your own and you need the security of a job, you know? And I'm like, no, I remember all the issues that we had while we were employed. <laughs> and I would much rather have this set than, than the other set. So, so that um, has been a lot of fun and, and just continuing to, again, we, we did this in part to show our kids there's more than one way to do life. And they've seen it. And so I feel like we've accomplished uh, some of that mission. And then just taking on students and, and training coaches and such has been, I, I, it was a joy I didn't anticipate. It, it was something I didn't know was in our future. And I absolutely love that we get to do it. So. Yeah, we're still at the point like whenever Nathan Bailey came up and talked to us <laughs> about becoming coaches, whenever he walked away, Sue said, I think he's got us confused with somebody else. <laughs> Like, really? <laughs> oh, that's great. I never heard that story. No, it, those are the right people. You know, the people that scare me, to be honest, and I may be showing my cards a little too much here, but leadership, you know, I've been around, I've been around either in or sitting under directly, you know, one level under some really great leaders my whole life, or I've been in leadership and just kind of stubbing my toe and bonking my head since college, you know, I mean, since, since the early 90s. And I've never asked for it. It's just kind of been pushed into it. And when I've kind of discussed with God, I'm like, God, why do you keep putting me in leadership positions? I think it's because I don't want to be there and he wants to stretch me. (laughs) And the point I'm making is those make the best leaders. 
the reluctant leaders are the, it, the people that scare me are the people that are like, I'm here. I'm great. Who do you need me to lead? I, uh, let's give it a year because you're not going to be here then. <laughs> I have a feeling. I just got a feeling about you. You know, the people who show up and like, they're like all guns blazing, sitting in the front row. Can't wait to lead. Give me a team. Give me something to do. I'm, I'm here for life. Most people are frightening. It's the people who are sitting in the back row succeeding, kind of quietly making, asking good questions and very humbly saying, yeah, it, this, this stuff works. It's like, hey, that's a leader. We want you on the team. We want you in the spotlight. And if they say, no, you got the wrong person, now I'm even more sure <laughs> that I got the right person because that humility is so vital uh, because when there's credit to be passed around, you don't want them taking it, right? That's right. I was going to say, I think just about every single one of our coaches has said that exactly. Like, I don't think I'm qualified. <laughs> you're like, now you're qualified. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, you know what? Go read about Moses and get back to me, right? You want to hear an argument against leadership. Go read what Moses told God when he said, hey, you're going to deliver an entire nation. He's like, uh, wrong dude. Can't talk. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm weak. I'm in the desert hiding from people that want to kill me. Like, no, nah, you definitely got the wrong dude here. Like, there's something to that. You know, there really is something to that. People who think they were born to lead, like, give me a crowd. I'll lead them into battle. Like, those leaders make me a little nervous. I mean, you know, they, they get used in ways too, but not in our organization. <laughs> we don't have those egos bigger than the room kind of people. We have people who would just assume be in the back row learning, but we want them up front because they got a teacher's heart and they're succeeding, right? That's all we ask. Beautiful. I love that, Sue. Good stuff. What else? I have a feeling we could do this all day, but we've, we've got a pretty good episode under our belt here, I think. But I'm, I'm sure there's probably another nugget or two we can dig out. Anything else come to mind? Okay. I think you need to share that. He wrote down well, something for our talk. I think we need to share that. Let's do it. Let's do it, Larry. Two against one. We're doing it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just used the term nugget. There, exactly. So, you know, one of the things that we've observed, again, with coaching is that some of the students, they'll pay for coaching and then they won't schedule their sessions. <laughs> You know, so it's like, I'm not sure what's going on. And, and one of the things that we have observed is that they do, they look at these, I've got eight, 10, 12 sessions, and these are like these little gold nuggets that I need to hold on to and protect and hide, you know, and it's like, no, you need to use those. You need to, you need to multiply those and turn them into to something else. And, and it made me think of the, the biblical example of the, the parable of the talents where um, just that. Super, super quick here. The the man who, in effect, was the business owner, the landowner, he was getting ready to leave and he had three of his servants or employees that he obviously trusted because he gave each of them talents. And that biblical term, it's, it's a monetary unit, but a very expensive monetary unit. A million dollars. One talent is equivalent to a million modern US dollars is my understanding. Yeah. And so to one of the servants, he gave five, another two, another one. And then he left, and, and I love how, how the Bible talks about this because it says that the guy with the five, he went into town and he, he traded. I'm like, you know, he, he did arbitrage. <laughs> you know? he, he got the proven Amazon course and he did replants. <laughs> exactly. And, and he turned the five into 10. He doubled his money. And the guy with two doubled his money and turned it into four. The guy with one was scared and and skittish and he he hit it he literally he buried it mm -hmm. and so then when the the owner came back and the guy with the five handed him ten and the guy with the two handed him four and he said well done you who are faithful little you're going to be granted much responsibility so they got a raise they got a they got a job promotion you know they got more responsibility 
And then the guy with the one came and said, here's your one back. I didn't lose it. I, didn't lose I was it. investigating the whole time. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to find opportunities and nothing quite worked out. <laughs> I was holding on to my golden nugget. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so the, the owner, though, called him slothful and wicked. And he said, get out of here. He basically fired him. You're, you're, I'm done with you, you know. And so, um, so that applies so perfectly to our business. You know, I suspect along the way, the guy with the five talents probably made some mistakes and maybe lost some money on a transaction. You know, I'm reading into that, but that's just human nature there, you know. Of course. But overall, he was very successful with it. He got rewarded. And, and so I just, you know, for the coaching students, use what you've got. Use your, your sessions and, and use them on a quick basis to get that information and then turn that into additional information and turn that into the success. And, and it, it doesn't, you know, have to be a coaching suit for this to apply. It's anybody else. You know, at the beginning, whenever Sue would go out, she started our Amazon business and she'd have $40 in her pocket. And when she had enough in the cart for $40, she checked out, you know, and, and she turned that into $80. And then next week she'd go out with $80. And, and um, that's the process. So you've got to, you've got to be smart about how you spend it, obviously, but just recognize, you, don't be scared. You're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. learn from those mistakes and then multiply it and and you will succeed at this business. That's phenomenal. Wow, I love it. You guys should have a podcast. I would listen. <laughs> Seriously, that's so good. And something I love about the parable of the talents too is I, I like asking this trivia question sometimes of mainly Christians because they're the ones who would you know, supposedly be the most familiar with the New Testament. But where in the Bible does the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant appear? Like, you know, as Christians, we're like, hey, that's what we're working for. When we die someday, we're going to heaven and hear our father say, well done, good and faithful. Like, where does that appear? The parable of the talents. That's where it appears, right? And there's so many lessons. And you know who's left out of the story? I love this about the parable of the talents. He doesn't even talk about the guy who goes out and spins it all. and like, hey, sorry. Like, yeah. that guy's not even mentioned. Like, he doesn't even qualify for the story. Like, we're just assuming you're not going to steal. Like, because that's disaster, Right. It's equally as disastrous to sit on what you've been given and do nothing with it, though. That's the story. It's like, he might as well have just stolen it. He might as well have just gone out and thrown a... I mean, a million bucks can get a pretty crazy cool party and a nice boat and at least blow the money, right? <laughs> if you're going to be punished anyway. They're in the same category. The guy who does nothing with what he's been given is the same category as the guy who just goes out and blows it, basically, right? It's a powerful story. So many lessons in there. What were you going to say, Sue? Looked like you had something. No, I was just in total agreement. I love that he can't, he, like, he thought of that, like, the, the idea of those sessions being like nuggets. Don't yeah. hang on to them and hide them. Use them to multiply your nuggets. And, and that's something that is really rewarding when a, a student does that. And, and they actually apply what we teach them. And, I mean, we've, we've been able to, you know, we've just been really blessed to receive some really nice notes from students who have, gone through some of the same things we have. They've come home from their job and, you know, left corporate America. And now they're forging their own way with their own family and they're with their kids. I mean, it's just, it's, yes, you have to have the money to be successful, to be able to do what you need to do. But honest to goodness, the most rewarding thing is to hear them talk about their kids and, and the time that they get to spend with them. I think Abe McMahon just posted in the group a while back about 
you know, his daughter was so excited that he was going to be with them all summer. The whole family's going to be together all summer because he's now home. Because dad's home. Yeah, because dad's home. And so, and we've had similar, you know, stories happen in our family story. And I'm, we've probably shared them in previous podcasts, but just seeing the kids enjoy having mom and dad both around. And most of the time we have teens, so, you know. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> but going through that is just it, yeah. it's super rewarding and I am just so excited that we get to be a part of it. Yeah, that, that's and that's really at the core. You know, maybe if, if we had a third qualification for who we bring into the team at a at a coaching or high leadership level, it might be having a deep appreciation for what you just shared, which is what we're really doing here is building families. Yeah. Right? We're helping families do life the right way under the same roof together. doesn't mean everyone does the business, but it just means dad's not gone. And, and God bless the, the, the men out there. You know, I always would throw this caveat in there. If, if you've got to be gone from home to do what you got to do to provide for your family, God bless you, moms. God bless you, dads. You're doing what you got to do. We love you. We support you and appreciate you. But is it not better to make more money and be home and available and be interruptible and be there to go pick up your kid in the middle of the school day if they get sick, if you're using a public school, or to be able to say, yeah, hey, next week's wide open. When do you need me to be there to, you know, something that your kid needs you to do with them or for them? To have that flexibility, like why not? It's, it's an option now. And we love presenting that option to people and, and seeing these families transformed as a result because the, the best kind of families are the ones that are doing life together. You know, and they've got that flexibility. We love providing that for people. That became my heartbeat and my passion for this whole organization. Probably starting about 15 years or so ago, that phrase, bringing dads home, came yeah. to mind. And I don't know what it feels like to be a mom that gets to come home because I've never been a mom before. But I know what it feels like to be a dad that gets to come home. And I want that for as many dads as possible. And that's kind of been just core inner purpose for me to see that. So when Larry was kicking that around with you, Sue, not too long ago, you know, a lot of life has happened since then. You know, like, hey, if we can make that happen, that's the dream. We got to make it happen. And here you guys are a testament of, you know, having done life that way for about nine years now. It's beautiful. Well, what else, guys? I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off if you had anything else in your notes, but I think this has been a great episode. That's all we've got. I don't think we have anything else on our We're all the way through the notes. All right. So we're going to see you in Tampa, theproofencconference.com, July 12th through 14th. And Sue's been helping us on some of the planning with that. It's going to be a great event, guys. Come join us for that. And uh, let me just talk to the listeners for just a second and say thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening to this episode. All the links and resources we talked about today, if anything was mentioned, it's going to be at silentgym.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, you should know that most of our episodes aren't on YouTube. They're audio only. And if you go to silentgym.com, you can listen to those. But no matter where you're listening or watching, we would definitely appreciate some feedback, a five-star, a thumbs up, a comment, something like that. Or the best thing you could do is tell a friend who needs to hear this episode, hey, go to silentgym.com and check out this episode. I think you'll really like it. Benefit. Do you think these people are nuts? Do you think they might be onto something? Kick it around with a friend, right? Figure, figure out our community and see what you think. Jump into our free Facebook group. You're going to see a lot of really cool people. And if you want coaching, we haven't even mentioned how to do that yet. We should probably say something about that. You can go to jimcockramcoaching.com. We'll stick that link in the show notes. You could end up being coached by Larry and Sue or some of the great people on their team. We've got a couple dozen really phenomenal coaches at this point who are available. And they're all former students who have succeeded. And like we said earlier, they have a teacher's heart. They're running successful businesses. 
That's who our coaches are, real people like Larry and Sue. And I just love these guys. So thanks for hanging out with them. Larry and Sue, thank you guys for some of your time. Oh, thanks, Jim. This has been an honor. It's an honor for me as well. I I truly grow and learn every time I hang with you guys. And, And to the listeners, thanks for giving us some of your time as well. We can't wait to do another great episode for you again real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.